From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. All right, hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hey, thanks for stopping by and checking us out. Uh, we always encourage you, uh, if you like this show, you got to go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Check out all the other past shows in our library that we've got uh, with, with previous guests from the weather industry like Gary England, James Spann. Uh, this is episode 63. And we have the pleasure of talking TV storm chasing with field meteorologist at Coco TV in Oklahoma City. Michael Armstrong is here tonight. Uh, so excited to have Michael. Uh, he'll be facing our lightning round. And uh, fan favorite Weather Fools uh, is going to be back tonight as well as the return of Weathers Believe It or Not. But before we get to all that, let's go ahead and... Uh, introduce our co-host. Maz, I'm going to start with you. What are you drinking tonight, sir? Okay, so I decided to go uh, Mexican tonight. You can pronounce it Tecate, or you can pronounce it like some of the folks back home, Tecate. Tecate. (laughs) (laughs) But it's light. I like Tecate. It's good. I like that. Yep. Like, I I drink Tecate, and then I do Karate. That's right. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. All right, MJ, what are you drinking? All right, tonight we're drinking a in a uh, frosty mug. Look at that. Castle, Castle Danger Cream Ale brewed uh, on the shores of Lake Superior in Two Harbors, Minnesota. Castle Danger. Wow. We had you it before. Come up with the best yes, beers. I have. Their cream ale is good. I like it a lot. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Maz. What uh, well, I did yeah. you already. Dina, Let's what are you drinking? Uh, <laughs> I have kind of a week. Um, Long Island iced tea. It's pretty good. I didn't have everything, but, you know, it does Strong. the job. It Strong. does the job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, tell you what, I'm, I'm going to leave it with you. We're going to go ahead and get to our guest tonight. All right. Tonight, we welcome meteorologist Michael Armstrong. He's a field meteorologist and executive weather producer at KOCO5, First Alert Weather. When severe weather threatens Oklahomans, Michael leads the local coverage from the field in First Alert Storm Command. He's earned numerous awards for his role in severe weather coverage, including the National Edward R. Murrow Award and Heartland Emmy. Michael has a Bachelor of Science degree in Meteorology from the University of Oklahoma School of Meteorology. So, Michael, um, since you're the field guy, I guess I want to know, like, what's the most intense weather you've seen in the field? Most intense weather in the field certainly has to be May 3rd, 1999. And it's amazing we're coming up almost on 20 years on that. As a matter of fact, actually, today's the 20th anniversary of really kind of one of my first tornado events, which was October 4th, 1998 in central Oklahoma. We had several tornadoes that formed. One was an F3 that hit Meeker, Oklahoma, just east of Oklahoma City at night. And so I was actually thinking about that today and just uh, how crazy it is to be on with you guys this evening uh, as these anniversaries are coming up. And, you know, it just doesn't feel like I've been in the business, you know, 20 plus years, but, but here I am. Wow. You look too young. I know. I was thinking <laughs> I didn't want to ask his age because he, I'm like, you look 
Well, I'm still trying to point everybody to the Fountain of Youth, yeah. <laughs> but I have four kids, the oldest of which is 17, so trust me, I'm older than I look. <laughs> well, chasing does well for you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, there you go, that's right. So, Michael, exactly right. Michael tell, tell, me, tell us a little bit about um, what, what your day is like. So, my, my understanding is you, you work a lot with some of the contracted chasers you have for KOCO, right? Um, and I think that's really unique is kind of to find out a little bit is how you're coordinating. Uh, you wake up on a high risk day. How are you coordinating all those storm chasers? Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about the beginning of the day. And then once the, the storms start initiating, how, what's your relationship to the live coverage you guys are doing? Yeah, great, great point. That's, it, it is a unique role in, in that what I was hired on to do is, is kind of, manage our chase team in a way and communicate with them but what I do is I work very closely with Chief Meteorologist Damon Lane and also one of our other meteorologists Jonathan Condor who's our weekend evening meteorologist we all three uh, work together very closely Jonathan was a former chief meteorologist I've been in the business for a long time but we all are humble enough to recognize that we don't know everything going into every event and especially when it comes to uh, tornadoes and and supercells so we really lean on one another and this starts days in advance so we really have to reach out to our guys being contract employees and try to figure out who's even available I mean they may they have other jobs they have other responsibilities and it may be that somebody's not available to go on a particular day and they know that you know, four or five days a week in advance. It's really amazing how far meteorology has come I, when I think about it in the last 20 years. Um, it's no longer, for the most part, you don't you don't just wake up that morning and know whether you're going to go out or not. Occasionally that still happens, but with the advances, uh, not only in observational meteorology, but also in the modeling that goes on now, it's really amazing. So on a normal day, I'll get up in the morning, we'll already have had a pretty good idea by that point of of how we want things to go but my task will be to set targets for our team so we have a fairly large DMA designated market area and that's the places where our TV signal goes and so because it's fairly large there and and a lot of times our risk areas will cover the whole area we can't afford to have everybody be on one storm and that's frustrating sometimes for our chasers so I work very hard to earn their trust and let them know that um, we're always going to make it as fair as we can if somebody, you know, ends up on a on a great storm. And of course, everybody's wanting to, you know, see the tornado and all of that. Uh, we try to really kind of even things up. And if somebody gets a great storm, then the next time maybe uh, some other guy will kind of get to go where they want to go. They'll have their first choice. But what I'll do is set up targets and coordinate all that. So my day starts very early. Uh, on severe weather days now and really I, I think of it so different now as a broadcast meteorologist with social media now because we're kind of always on I mean uh, people are are thirsty they're hungry for severe weather information particularly on big days and it's almost like you just can't do enough as far as you know Twitter and Facebook and now Instagram and and I haven't even got into the whole snapchat deal but I mean there's just you know it's just crazy all these different platforms the idea of you just go on and do a severe weather cut-in during a commercial break or do wall-to-wall -wall coverage is 
it's a thing of the past. It's really kind of a unique thing. So um, my day starts very early. Then I'll, I'll get into the station, usually around noon or 1 o'clock, honestly, in most storm days, and leave for, for my target area uh, where I'm going to put storm command. And then, and then we adjust from there as the day goes. And, of course, there's always, there's always changes, it seems like. Now, how many guys do you have, and how many of them do you let actually storm chase from their garage like you're doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, all the time. They, they, yeah, they, they do remote chasing, right? <laughs> There's uh, a picture up of a storm. Yeah. Look bad. at that. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an instant hero. Look at this huge tornado I saw today. Now, do you yeah. have many guys that are, on, that are contracted? Yeah, well, we do, and, and so we do a mix at KOCO because we have some photographers they kind of changed our model at KOCO whenever I came on. Now, they had had a few what we call these contract chasers um, that were on the team before, but they had also leaned heavily on their on their photogs, we call them, or photojournalists, where Chris Lee at Channel 5, has he's been chasing storms probably since the early 80s, I think. I mean, he first came on to Channel 5 in 1979. He's still working. He's still a great photographer. So those guys have an incredible skill set at being photojournalists. First of all, they have incredible equipment. Their cameras, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of chasers spend money... A lot of chasers spend money on cameras. Trust me, you can't touch what like these corporations can oh, yeah. buy on these. You know, I mean, their their cameras just incredible. So uh, there's another guy named Mark Fricklin. He's chased for 30 years. So um, when they're not doing news stories, um, we can kind of lean on them to also help out. So our team, we just expand it however we need to. So it could be as many as 10 or more teams out in the field as far as the what we call our core chasers and like our, our contract chasers. Right now we have uh, four to five of those guys. We're actually getting ready to bring on a couple of more onto our team as we've gotten, um, again, you know, you just, you put in for resources and the company decides, yeah, we can do that or no, we can't. So we're, we're getting an opportunity to expand a little bit in that area, which we're excited about. Is that because um, that you more fired, work. fired some folks? Is that why? Yeah, well, <laughs> no, that's not it at all. You guys, you guys are going to try to get me in trouble all night long. I can feel it. I can feel it. So, are these all, Michael? Are they all contracted, or are any of them actually employed? By the no, well, the photojournalists are employed, but the okay. the rest of our guys are not. And I, I am. I'm a I'm a salaried meteorologist, so I also fill in on the air. So I, I seriously put on so many different hats. My my schedule changes all the time. I'm helping uh, with what we call our executive weather producer. So I'm helping mm -hmm. coordinate with all sorts of different segments that we're trying to produce week in and week out. And then I'm chasing, and then I'm filling in sometimes. Like this weekend, I'll be filling in for Jonathan on the weekend evening. So yeah, but that's got to be nice. Changes. That's probably nice. It keeps it from getting stale. <laughs> it's a great. It's a good mix. It really yeah, it is. is. It just. The idea of it being eight to five, forget about it. I mean, the weather does not wait on anybody. So, so think about it before you want to stand in your shoes. Is what you're saying? <laughs> Just yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, you, whoever like, you know, if you got a significant other, you got children, whatever, they all have to kind of buy into it. They just have to know that. Um, you know, we're kind of like first responders. Like you just, you just get up and and you may be called at, at a moment's notice, and you go. And and like I said, the one good thing about that I think about today now is we can 
generally plan ahead so much better because the computer modeling has improved amazingly. So, so let's talk a little bit again about, so let's say all the storms now are initiating and you've got, what, how many teams out? Four, five maybe on yeah. a big night when it's spread out? Yeah, and it could be as many as eight to ten. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what's going on back at the studio as far as how does that communication work with all the chasers and who you decide to go to with the live coverage? Um, how are you working that? Yeah. So once I get out in the field in in Storm Command, um, what I'm doing is I'm I'm texting, I'm talking with uh, our Mets back at the station, and, and we're you, making. And by the way, do you always get the best spot? You're like, hey, I'm I'm taking. Uh, here's here's where the <laughs> ridge is, and, and I'm t and they're all going. Damn, I want that. I'll be in my garage. Yeah, well, you get the best spot all the time. I imagine. <laughs> Well, what we end up doing is they they have invested a lot of money in, in Storm Command, so they want it to lead our coverage. So I'm tasked with kind of being on, on yeah. at ground zero. Too bad. And He's so like what we Jim end up Pandora, doing he gets the best spot. <laughs> well what we end up doing and I and honestly, I mean I, I make mistakes just like everybody else and I don't care how long you've been doing this. You can't always get on right. every great storm. I there's just too many miles to drive and you, I it's just it's just that way. So, but at the same time, you know, we may double up on a storm or something like that. I mean, it's not like I try to swoop in and take over the storm or anything like that or whatever. But um, you know, we we also chase with the helicopter. So uh, with Sky Five, they can get to to areas faster than I can. Like for, if it's in a different wow. region of the state or whatever. So we really try. We really try to make sure that we're covered. And I go back to. If you do, you guys remember the Katy tornado or Winniewood tornado a couple of years ago in May of 2016, Southern mm -hmm. Oklahoma? Um, Maybe it was a it was a pretty intense tornado, but it was right on the fringes of our DMA, our designated market area. So we had a risk of supercells and tornadoes right in Oklahoma City. Well, you know there was. It looked like Southern Oklahoma was going to be the place to be. Well, it ended up being that way, but we had a risk everywhere. So we ended up also having a tornado in a severe thunderstorm watch box across northern Oklahoma up near Stillwater, uh, not too far from the campus of Oklahoma State University. So we had multiple tornadic supercells, and that's a perfect example where if I had taken off and bolted and the rest of our team had, we would not have been covered in other areas, and we would have been letting our viewers down. So it takes a lot of discipline to do what we do, and that's the big difference between what I would call um, freelance chasing and doing mm -hmm. what we do in the media side. That's why you're Storm Commander. Uh, that's it. Commander. That's part of it. Yeah. You, you should uh, you should copyright that because that is cool. I want those on my plates or something. Wow, that yeah. place sounds like it is really ready. I mean, they've got helicopters. They've got every. Yeah. I mean, they they sound like the place to be if you really want to chase. It is, and we've done it for a long time, and and kind of I don't always say perfected it. It's never perfect, but we're mm -hmm. always getting better because we we practice it a lot. We. It, and, you know, when I think about it, sometimes I think about other areas of the country. It's just not really even feasible. It's not possible when you've got you've got trees and hills and, and craziness. Like I was trying to think about, you know, trying to chase North Carolina when Florence came in or whatever. And I'm like, 
that sounds like a nightmare, uh, honestly, mm. just because we've got the plains. We have some wide open spaces. We can see storms sometimes 30, 40, 50 miles away. It's just, wow. Yeah. I mean, do so you, it lends itself there? to storm chasing. What's There's that? like no trees in, in uh, Oklahoma, right? There are. There's actually, there's quite a bit, but there's, five. But the further west you go, five, <laughs> there's more than that. It's it, it, trust me. It, it, like, especially you go east of I-35, and that's, that's an area that I don't really particularly enjoy chasing. We do it because we have viewers who live there, but it gets a lot harder, and so it gives me a flavor for what it's like to, I mean, I don't even want to think about it, like trying to chase in um, like the Ozarks, I mean, I one of my first chases was actually over into Arkansas, and it was a frustrating experience just because it's it's hard to see anything. So I interrupted you uh, when you were explaining, which I do all the time, but you were explaining a little bit, Michael, what's going on at with command with you and at the station when now yeah. storms are hitting, you guys are live on TV, yeah, and and I'm a chaser, and I've I've called in on whatever line. I'm listening to, and you said you got five, maybe eight uh, chasers out there. Yeah. How are how is that being coordinated with who whoever you've got at the station, who's going? Okay, I'm going to go live to so and so who's over here. The best shot. Who's yeah. ever got the best how, shot? How, right. How is that that's all right. being coordinated? Explain that process, because yeah, I think so, that's extremely unique. So all of our streams come in to basically one centralized computer that's divided up into multiple number of screens. So there's a communication meteorologist who will work in tandem with a radar meteorologist. Um, and then that, those two, there's really kind of a, a I guess a three-headed monster, if you will. There's the person on the wall, on the weather wall, who's delivering the coverage. And then you have a radar meteorologist who's, who's analyzing radar kind of behind the scenes and watching out for other storms tipping off the person who's on the wall, um, which is Damon, typically our chief meteorologist, he's on the wall delivering. And and then you have our our, our communication meteorologist, and that can vary between uh, our morning meteorologist or our weekend um, morning meteorologist also. So so it, it becomes a well-oiled machine. It sounds pretty complicated, but it really, everybody kind of knows their role and they know their responsibility. And that's that's the thing is, it really is is a team sport in a sense. Everybody's got to know exactly what their responsibility is, and and it's it's long hours and it's very intense because there's times whenever things it can go pretty dull for a while. Honestly, I mean storms are are just not really getting their act together. You're not having tornadoes. You're not they're not that bad. And all of a sudden something you know a light switch will flip and and things will just amp so fast and you've got to be ready for that moment when that happens other times it just starts off big and bad from the beginning of the storm and it just stays that way for hours and hours and hours and so it 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 really changes a lot so there's there's a lot of coordination that takes place what i do i set the targets initially in my role I will give some input, like if I start to see something meteorologically, because I'm, I'm analyzing things as I'm out uh, in Storm Command, I'm looking at the data all the time, and if I see something, I may text somebody and say, hey, we might need to shift a crew here or there or whatever, and I, I'll give some input, but at that point, I really kind of shift gears into storm chasing mode myself, navigation, um, looking at radar, breaking down where we need to be, how soon we need to leave, 
um, working on communication, making sure I can stay in, in good communication with so, the station. So you're basically so. one, you're just like a chaser. So you're one of the other eight, for example, that are, are all calling in on, on a, what, a phone line? Is that right? Yeah, and mine's then, a little bit different. We use well, course, we use, we use TVU. Well, we, we we always <laughs> use TVU, but the thing about it is, for mine, I have a it's I have a um, uh, in Storm Command we have broadcast quality audio. So I have a a noise canceling headset that I have on, and so I'll do my audio. And because occasionally they'll want to come to me, and I'm on camera, so we have a camera that's in the truck that faces me. In order to not get a lip sync issue, I'll actually do my audio through the TVU so that my video and audio are synced up, and they're not there's not a lip sync issue. Mm -hmm. So mine's a little bit different, but most of them are calling in on phones, and we have a we have a phoner system where you call in, and it's like a party line basically where everybody's on there. Do, and do so, you put your other chasers uh, live uh, their faces, or are you the only one that gets FaceTime? Um, yeah, are they, I mean, are they just I, I, showing their storms and whatever cameras they have on their vehicle right? Most of the time, it's their dash cam yeah. or what we're putting 360 cameras, um, uh, cameras that sit on top right. of the vehicles that rotate 360. Those are awesome. So, um, who's, who's back? So, at I'm the usually station. the one, only the one on the air as far as my face goes, right? From so, the who's field. Michael, who's back at the station that's telling Damon or whoever else that's saying, okay, uh, Michael's on something right now, let's go to him or. You know, uh, Jim is on something. Let's go. Who, right. Not who, but that what's is, that role? What? Who's doing that and communicating with all the yeah. chasers? And then so that's kind Damon of a know. that's a little bit of a dance that goes on between our radar meteorologist Jonathan okay. and okay. either Shelby or Eric, who is our morning meteorologist, who are doing the communication role. So that's typically who those who, who's communicating that and basically what they'll do is we've designed our weather set in the studio to where they can just get their attention with a hand movement uh, i mean something very subtle and and know that we need to go to somebody else that something you know something's going on with another storm and sometimes that happens we may have three or four different storms that are about to produce tornadoes or are and so it can get you know, it, it's it's it can get pretty wild. It really can. Trying to coordinate all that. Have you had more than one tornado on at once? Where it's like, all right, we got two guys in their separate places, but we've got two tornadoes live right now. Have you oh, ever been in for that sure. Situation? Yeah, we've yeah. had that. Yeah, definitely, we've had that. And mm -hmm. and it it becomes a little bit of a um kind of a a juggling act because. Yeah, everybody wants you to cover their storm. Like if the storm's mm -hmm. coming to toward where you are. All you want them to talk about, all you want us to talk about, is the storm that's approaching you. You don't care about right. the storm that's somewhere else, but but we we owe that to the entire viewership. So it does. It is. It's tough. Like when you got multiple storms like that. Yeah, that's where home ownership comes in. Those homeowners associations. If that neighborhood's paying us more money, I'm going to them. So Michael, I have a question for you because like. Uh, you know, it, uh, I've been with the Weather Channel a long time, so we would have our on-camera meteorologists. I guess, like when I'm, I'm a, I would be a weather producer, so I kind of like look to what you were calling the radar meteorologists because I'm looking at that and doing their hit, helping them with their hits. But you said there's a coordinating meteorologist. Are they kind of acting almost as a director, saying take camera so and so or take Michael or take. Or, um, I mean, what's the, uh, like, the coordinating meteorologists? Right. I guess I'm wondering, like, what, 
their separate duty is. Okay, so Tina's curious. We, She's gonna I put am in because a resume, I did this, I and I'm like, right. I kind of had to do a little bit of all that. Yeah. Right. Um, so we we will look to one of our senior producers or ex- executive news producers who will be up in the booth, who will be coordinating in the control room with the director and, and maybe a news director or whoever might be in the booth. So they're they're working on all of the technical things on getting supers up and making sure locations are right on and making sure that, you know, if, if uh, the meteorologist on the wall is calling for, hey, I'd like a two box where I want... Um, first alert storm command shot up and I want radar you know then they'll call for that so there's a, there's actually a, a big news element that comes in and, and assist from a production standpoint that way the meteorologists can really focus on on the weather the storms and getting whoever's on the best storm or who's on the and I say best <laughs> uh, who's on whoever's on the most significant storm the most impactful making sure that they get on so we really try to keep our meteorologists being able to focus on the weather and then allow um, everybody else in the station to come and support us. Man, I should have worked at Coco. You got a wall meteorologist, a radar meteorologist, communication. I know, I'm like, he's got a better setup than anybody. I had a guy named Bob and we had to sweep floors in between. You know, know. Like, what the heck? <laughs> well, it's, by, it's kind of by necessity because it's, it's a little bit different market in that we're super aggressive in covering storms. Um, people have gotten used to that. They they expect that. And if you if you if you want to compete, which let's face it, I mean television is competitive, mm-hmm. then you better bring it. What what's the future, Michael? What do you what do you see as where this whole trying to have now your own set of storm chasers, trying to get all the video of that, and um, obviously with where TV news, weather, sports, where all that kind of is going. What do you see as the future for you guys in Oklahoma City with that? What's the next step? What's the next big thing that you see coming down the pike? Well, uh, as I see it, technology has a big part in driving that, like we see right now with the social media. I mean, I, I think we probably thought even 20 years ago that in some way interactivity and two-way communication where viewers or digital users, whatever you want to call them, are able to interact with us now personally and ask us questions. I, I just see a, a continued development of, of some sort of either TV platform where it's two-way or something like that, um, continued to kind of uh, development toward this merger between social media and television, and, and it's already going on now where we're trying to do kind of both at the same time, but it really brings a different component into it because as, as someone who's out there and they, they just want to know, is the, is, is the storm coming to my house? Well, now they can ask you a direct question. And, you know, for me, I'm out in the field. Sometimes I have time to answer those questions. Sometimes I don't. I try to get to as many of those as I can, but we also have meteorologists who are doing that back in the studio. And I really think that that's going to be a much richer experience for the end user for the viewer uh, over time because it really opens up the opportunity for someone to get the information that's most important to them and and really that's that's kind of the name of the game and and, and that's that can be tough you know when you think about it you our viewership on severe weather events especially a big one will surpass the Super Bowl um, 
experience, honestly, mm -hmm. for the ratings. I mean, there's that many people watching severe weather coverage. Just wow. incredible. Well, and that's Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, I think you, yep. the answer is you need another meteorologist personally there. But, uh, <laughs> but you just know, keep hiring. Having that support staff, it probably doesn't work so well. And you're like, we're in Hawaii with 14 meteorologists and nothing going on, you know. So the future for you guys, I think you guys are buffered from what could potentially happen elsewhere. Where yeah, that's a good you, point. You guys are staffed up to the hilt because it is so competitive. And, man. Coco's got some deep pockets. I know. I'm so impressed with yeah, them. Yeah, me too. Well, well, so here's the question, it's Michael. Yeah, what, it's what? Hearst. It's our corporation. I mean, they I own 30 Hearst. TV stations. So <laughs> now, now you got to remember though. That's that. There's catch 22 there. All all of those TV stations are wanting uh, gr good resources to deliver the product to their viewer too. So so you know, we just uh, got some upgrades recently for our photographers on their video cameras that they've been waiting on for quite a while, and so they got those. So that's kind of catch-22, but but you're right. I mean, it is an investment, and and the TV station, I, I just real quick, one of the things that's really interesting, sometimes people will think that we just come on just to hear ourselves talk. We just want to, you know, we get caught up in the fame of all of it and everything. That's and why we do this. Yeah, yeah. What people don't realize is when you're doing wall-to-wall -wall coverage, you are not ma you're not making money. You're blowing out all those commercial spots. So I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars whenever wow. you're not. You're, and and so that's a a huge commitment to the viewership that our stations in Oklahoma City have been willing to to take that step and say, you know what, this is that important. This is life threatening, and we we. We, we just believe that this is the right thing to do. I got it. I got it. Because I used to work for Hearst, okay? If Hearst is watching, here's <laughs> what you do. You pull meteorologists like you do for hurricanes from other Hearst stations. Uh -huh. Have them go out there. Because they ain't doing anything at their other stations anyway, right? <laughs> so, And that's how you cut, on, cut down on the budget. Well, and here's yeah. the other thing. So you've got 800 meteorologists there. What, what are you doing the other eight months out <laughs> yeah, of the year that you don't have ask. severe coverage? And growing. So what, no. what's going on? Yeah, from from August to well, I think February. That's, that's you know the, one of the things that has been kind of interesting for us is that um, weather, even though it may not necessarily be life threatening, it may just be what we would call nuisance weather, and and that has really been interesting to watch on social media because as as we've seen. There can be a lot of interest in just um, what might be uh, maybe just a glaze, like a little bit of freezing drizzle. Well, all of a sudden there's accidents all over the place, like these little events. And there's a lot of those that outside the bigger, you know, tornado outbreaks and things like that. And, you know, whenever it gets to be, you know, 100, 110 degrees or whatever day after day, you know, which sometimes it can. We didn't have that this last summer, but... Um, it, I don't know. There's just all, there's seems like there's always something going on, and I'm I'm gonna go back to that whole idea that I was kind of touched on in the beginning. This this deal between social media and the broadcast, like the idea that you'll just come in and do a five, six, and ten p.m. show. Those days are over. Mm -hmm. You're right. you're you're producing content almost all the time. So much so that sometimes you feel like. Man, can I even get the weather right? Because I got another hit to do on social media or whatever. I mean, like or, or radio. 
or oh. a simulcast on another sister station or something. Yeah, you're getting pulled all over the place. Yeah. Hmm. So that that goes on honestly. That goes on really. And then we're producing, I told you, that weekly content. So we're turning weekly stories of, of varying different content. I mean, we tackle science topics. We tackle all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, we try to maybe go a little bit deeper. Like right, like earlier this week, um, just on Tuesday, um, Jonathan did a story about how kind of El Nino is impacting our, our fall tornado season and what that looks like for us. So we start trying to do some outlook stuff to try to help people understand maybe what's coming in the next few weeks, not just what's coming tomorrow or in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Michael, do this. Tell, uh, tell our listeners, how, how can they find you? talked about social media. How can they find you and follow you on social media? Yeah, um, it's it's just meteorologist Michael Armstrong is what you'll find, um, and that's on the um, KOCO side. So, like, if you just if you just go in and type in meteorologist Michael Armstrong, you'll find me on Facebook. Um, it's at KOCO Michael on Twitter, and then I probably Snapchat? should get the same. Did you say your Snapchat? I don't have Snapchat. Yeah, oh, my you're daughter not. You probably you wants yet. me okay. to. But uh, Instagram, Instagram is um, at Mike OKWX. So they at Mike, you, they don't want Mike you to say, They don't just say Coco, do they? Right. Oh, oh, well, yeah, I think I heard that somewhere along the line. But sometimes, all right, people, all right. All right. So hey, it is uh, <laughs> it is time for lightning round. Uh, lightning round is our game show of flashy questions for our guest. We always invite everybody listening or watching to uh, play along. But, Michael, tonight we're going to play a little Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Me. And, and, what, and here's what we're doing. So, Michael, you've, you've got four kids, correct? Correct. So what, what are their ages again? Let's go through their ages. Okay, 17, 14, 11, and 7. He's almost 8. Okay. God bless you, man. Woo! So here's it's, what it's we're, exciting. Here's what we're doing. So with our Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, your questions are going to be centered around the 2018 Kids' Choice Awards because you got to know this stuff, right? If you got all these kids and you got all these different ages, you better know what the trends are with the kids. Ooh, is that this fair? It's going to be wow. fun. All right. So we'll, get, we'll play I'm this. Get, I'm getting, uh, I don't know, nervous. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. So we'll play this like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which means you got lifelines. So... Uh, one of your lifelines is 50-50, so I'll take away half the answers and leave you with the other half. That's one of All them. Right. The other lifeline is you can uh, uh, pull a freak, so you can pick any one of the freaks, Dina, Maz, or MJ, any one of them, uh, and you can ask them. And then we'll, we'll <laughs> or that's ask a freak. <laughs> Then we'll do right, pull yeah. the freaks, pull the freaks, and we'll ask all of them what they think. Uh, Who's to that waving saying, not me, not me? I don't know. <laughs> not me. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be me. That'd be me. Wait, all is, right. is your garage door down? Yeah, it is. So every time you miss a question, you got to run the engine for three minutes. Oh, oh wow. Right. 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 All right, so here's what we're going to do. I have got uh, – <laughs> how many do we have here? We've got six, six of the categories – for the, the Kids' Choice Awards, I've got six of the categories, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all the nominees, and you have to tell me who you think actually won in that particular category, okay? Okay. So the first one is, so this is Kids' Choice Award favorite movie, and the nominees were Beauty and the Beast, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Pitch Perfect 3, Spider-Man Homecoming, 
Star Wars The Last Jedi, Holy The Greatest God. Showman, oh, and Wonder rough. Woman. Wow. So, okay. what, so, do we know the age of the kids at all? I just, uh, no. no. Who, who voted okay. for this is kids, oh, so it, it, oh, it could be any of them. You, you can kind of get a general idea, I think, with the, the movies. Yeah. That it, it's, yeah not, it's probably not your, your seven-year-old that was probably tweens. involved in a lot of this voting. It's probably, yeah, it's probably tweens. more the tweens to teens. Yeah, probably. So again, so. Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, Jumanji, Pitch Perfect Three, Spider Man, Star Wars, The Greatest Showman, and Wonder Woman. Mm. What do you think? Oh, was there a question in there? There was. I think, gotta pick I, the favorite I think movie. I'm going to go oh, with Star Wars. He's going to go with Star Wars: The Last Jedi. <laughs> yes. That would be incorrect. Oh. No, nope, the answer right. was Jumanji. Welcome oh, really? to the jungle. I was going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was okay. a little surprised by that Even myself. Even the Wonder Woman should always. So, so guess the ages of the kids now, okay? So my kid, my yeah. my kids saw Jumanji. They actually liked that it one. It was cute. It was a I cute movie. Yeah. I like yeah, the uh, Robin Williams one better, but all right. Here's the next one. Favorite movie actor? It's either Ben Affleck from Justice League, Chris Hemsworth from Thor Ragnarok, Ooh. Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Dwayne Johnson from Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Kevin Hart from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, or Will Ferrell from Daddy's Home uh-huh. 2. Oh Aflac, Hemsworth, Can Pratt, Johnson, Hart, <laughs> Ferrell. <laughs> how, many question, how many questions do we have again? We have, we have a total of six, so we have five total left, six. and you got three lifelines. Three lifelines? Well, I better start using them. <laughs> yeah, you better. <laughs> let's, uh, let's fire out a 50-50 then. Let's All right, 50-50. I'm going to give you three. It's one of these three. It's either Chris Pratt, Dwayne Johnson, or Kevin Hart. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with my, my, my first thing I thought was Kevin Hart, so I'm going with that. That would be incorrect. Now, I you had the, the movie right. The Rock. It was Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, the rock in rock. Jumanji. So, <laughs> so wow. Jumanji's got two here. All right. Well, I just thought that humor side of Kevin Hart maybe might, might get it in Jumanji. The He's Rock fun. has the All big right. muscles, though. He's funny. All right. Well, favorite movie actress. Favorite movie actress. Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect 3. Daisy Ridley, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Emma Watson, Beauty and the Beast. Gal Gadot from Wonder Woman. Uh, Zendaya from The Greatest Showman and Spider-Man Homecoming. Or Zoe Saldana from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick, Daisy Ridley, Emma Watson, Gal Gadot, Zendaya... Or Zoe and was Saldana. she Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot was. Yes, Wonder she was Wonder Woman. Have you met yeah. me? You know, I'm Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make um, me get my outfit on. All right, what do you think, Mike? I'm gonna go with Emma Watson on this one. Gonna go with Emma Watson from Beauty and the Beast. Right. Incorrect. Uh, it I'm was going Zendaya, and I don't know who Zendaya is, but no. she was I've in The Greatest Showman, and she was Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. I guess. Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't know no that name. All right, so that's three. So that's a we, are, we are halfway through, halfway through. Next one, favorite animated movie. Favorite animated movie, uh, 2018. Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. Cars 3, Coco, Despicable Me 3, Ferdinand, Smurfs, The Lost Village, The Emoji Movie, or The Lego Batman Movie. 
Hmm. There's just plain too many choices. I there's know, a there's lot. Too many I, know, I, I probably should have narrowed it down, but I kind of just like like four multiple choices. This is yeah. crazy. That's all right. Hey, baby, all this right, is no. Stormfront Freaks, man. Yeah. 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 That's right. T A B C D E F G H. Dina, help me out. All right, so he's going to Dina. Now, Dina, it's Captain Underpants, Cars 3, Coco, Despicable Me 3, Ferdinand. Smurfs, The Lost Village, The Emoji Movie, or Lego Batman Movie? I'm going to go with Despicable Me 3. Okay, that was my that was my first. That's a good one. That's yeah. my That's first pick, so let's too? do it. So final answer, Despicable Me 3. Oh, Incorrect. No. I would have guessed this, this, Sorry, is, this is a little more advanced. You know, we're, we're obviously in the, is it, is the it tweens, teens. It is Coco. I, uh, I know. Coco. It's not, you know why? How ironic. You yeah. work for Coco. Right, right. No, I need, yeah. <laughs> there exactly. you go. I'm sorry. K-O-C. You know, Co- Coco was yeah, a little bit more advanced. It was a little bit more advanced movie, and obviously there's more thinking involved. All right, last two. Here we go. Was Coco you got one lifeline. Uh, was Coco the skeleton one? No. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, the Mexican, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Day of the day. All right. So you got one lifeline left, which is Pull the Freaks. Uh, this is favorite music group. Favorite music group. We okay. got Coldplay. Fifth Harmony, Imagine Dragons, Maroon 5, The Chainsmokers, or 21 Pilots. I have Coldplay, never heard Fifth Harmony. God, I hope they have the Chainsmokers for the kids. I've never even heard of half of them. I guess I'll say my last, my, my lifeline for the last one. I'm, I, you know, I'm probably going to go over tonight, but I'm really thinking Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Now, here's what I'll tell you. That is my son's favorite as well. That was his first concert he's been to is Imagine Dragons as well. So okay, I think that or, was a great pick. Or Marine <laughs> However, that is incorrect. Yeah. Uh, it's Fifth Harmony, and that's the Ooh. one that I really haven't I heard a whole lot about who they are. I've never heard of them. Really? Fifth Harmony. Sorry, I'm going to have to go get Here we go, baby. Let's, let's roll it up here for the oh, last buddy. one. All right. This, All is, right. Uh, this is favorite TV show. Favorite TV show. Okay. Okay. Fuller, Fuller House, Henry Danger, Casey Undercover, Saban's Power Rangers Ninja Steel, Stranger Things, The Big Bang Theory, The Flash, or The Thundermans. I got oh, it. Oh, man. There's I a lot. It. I've heard of two of those. Love all the weather. I got it. TV shows you got. That's in true. Here. Okay, That's true. So you guys know what's coming. So here, the here's the poll. So here, I'll give it again. Fuller House, Henry Danger, Casey Undercover, Power Rangers, Stranger Things, uh, Big Bang Theory, The Flash, or The Thundermans. Man, because it depends on the age. Because I'm gonna either go with Stranger Things or The Flash. Um. But maybe Boy. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. All right, okay. Maz, what do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking Stranger Things. Everybody right. I was talking to is watching. Yeah. All right, MJ. I, I I can go with Stranger Things. My long shot is Fuller House, though. Okay. Wow, All right. So so there you go, Michael. What what do you think? Take their advice or leave it. You can do what you <laughs> want. Uh, yeah. I I'll tell you there was a part of me just because my son's really into the whole Power Rangers thing, but I'm biased because of that. And uh, I think it's probably more of a boy thing from what I've noticed. So I will stick with the panel. I will drop the Stranger Things. <laughs> so we're going with Stranger Things. And, yes. and I, I will say this. Uh, judges, that Yay! is correct. It yeah. was Stranger Things. You right. saved me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Way to finish strong. And that you guys started figuring out, which is, is thinking, all right, what is going to be a, 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 that the boys and the girls will like? 
not just the boys, not just the girls. What, what, Michael? Do you have boys or girls or combo? What's it like? Both. I have my oldest is a girl. So girl boy, girl boy, from oldest to youngest. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So you got a mix. So you nailed it. I that. do. All yeah. right. Way to finish strong, brother. <laughs> one out of six. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you well, worked skunk. That you was really skunk. hard. That, it that was actually, hard. It was I hard because. Yeah, I, I, I should have probably narrowed it down to four, and I gave you like all of them that were there. But. Well, you gave us 16 apiece. It's interesting because I just this couple months ago, I took the CBM test, Certified Broadcast Meteorologist Exam, and uh, it's like 100 questions, multiple choice, but you have four or five answers instead of 20. Yeah, <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a short break. Go ahead and refill your drink, and when we come back, uh, we're going to have your favorite weather fools. Helicitydesigns.com is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicitydesigns.com. Yes, yes, you made it back. You're back, and it's time now for Weather Fools. Weather Fools is an interesting segment uh, derived many, many moons ago about trying to find people who are doing things they probably shouldn't be doing in the weather. Now, you, your mind can go all over the place with this one, but I think Phil's got at least one, if not two. Am I correct? Uh, I do have two, so I, I'll uh, let's do this. We'll do the first one. Uh, is, is crazy. So both of these come from Twitter, actually. And so I, it's amazing. I, I had a number of them have been saved up because we don't do this segment every single episode now. But uh, so the first one I'm going to share with you guys uh, is a uh, this is from Severe Weather EU. And they're showing this big, uh, um, not a wall cloud, but uh, I can't even think of the word now. Shelf cloud? Thank you. Shelf cloud that's coming in. And the funny the thing is, is right away at the beginning of the video, you see the shelf cloud. Now you see a little water uh, underneath, you know, and you're like, okay, it's like on the water. Maybe it's coming off the water. But as the camera pans along the shelf cloud, all of a sudden you see the fact that they're on a freaking boat. On a boat. So, oh, so here they are. Uh, this is apparently in Argentina, but they're fishing. On a boat out in the frickin' ocean, and here's this massive uh, shelf cloud that's basically coming their way. The funny thing is, is there is a spot, if, if you can even see this, you can see the inflow where the wind from the water is actually going towards the shelf cloud. <laughs> it's just barreling the, oh the, the water is kind of, or the, um, the spray off the ocean is kind of going towards the shelf cloud. And you're like thinking, and these guys are fishing, going... Look at this. They're holding their beers. They got their beers. That's probably true. 
So I'm sorry, but uh, unless they were to turn the camera all the way around and you see that, oh, it looks like they got a fish even. I was going to say, he's going to get one, yeah. Flying fish. Uh, Unless you turn the camera all the way around and you see the coastline like right there, uh, these guys are definitely weather fools on that. The other one that I'm going to share with you also from uh, Twitter, this is from Jen Zhu Scott. So it's at J-E-N. Z-H-U-S-C-O-T-T. And this was from Typhoon, and, and get my pronunciation correct because I'm going to screw this up, but Typhoon Mankut? Mankut, yeah. It's Mankut. hard to say. So Typhoon Mankut, and, and so you, you got to catch this right away. So I'm going to show this video. And I don't Whoa. know if did you see that guy barreling in there again. Yeah. I'll play it again. But yeah. so, <laughs> Look at that. So the, the, winds, the winds are screaming. And this someone's someone's just taking their phone and they're taking a camera shot. They're probably protected, but it's out on the courtyard of a hotel or something. The palm trees are just blowing and the rain is just coming down. And there's already someone laying down on the ground up against a wall. When all of a sudden you see someone else that's just sliding. Okay, the wind <laughs> is just blowing them across the courtyard, oh. right into the wall next to their buddy, and it's it's just crazy. Like what? Wow. Hey, that looks like fun. Not really. That, that doesn't really look like fun. Uh, and he goes flying into the wall, and, and it's just massive chaos. So were there so two of them? There were. one. It looks like one maybe had already tried it and, and went flying into the wall because when the video started, someone's on the ground up against the wall. It's like a brick courtyard, and it's all wet because it's raining. And, of course, then all of a sudden out of, the, out of the back of the camera, here comes someone that's just sliding. I mean, they're literally on the ground sliding in the rain. I don't know how fast that was. That was pretty freaking fast, and they went flying into that same wall. It's probably a first responder wannabe. <laughs> right in there. Probably. Probably. <laughs> nice. Good job. That there. was a good one. Awesome video. All right, Dina, can you top that? Uh, that one was pretty good. I'm going to share my screen, too. This one is just mainly be- about worst timing. And there's some people in a car, and they've got their cell phone, and they're taking some shots. And what's funny is you could tell, like, the rain is on the window. So they think, okay, I'm going to roll down the window, and bam! <laughs> as soon as they do it. As soon as they roll the window down, somebody comes by and hits a huge puddle. It splashes in the car. And, I mean, it just drenches the car. And then they do it again slow-mo. Here comes the window down. I mean, as soon as the window comes down, this car goes oh, nice. down. It just fills everything. It's so funny. Do you, and think it was they, just, do you think they timed that purposefully to do that? Or do you think I, that they I literally? Think, I don't think they mm-hmm. did. But I'm sure the car next the to car them thought, next oh, to this them. is going to be funny. I'm going to spray this out of them yeah yeah wow that was a good one (laughs) but i mean you you got to be careful when you put your window down in that because uh i mean it covered the dash it covered their legs all right michael are you sharing one you're not sharing one i i am i am sharing what do you got still there (laughs) yep still here so what i was gonna go with on this is there was this water rescue in Scottsdale. So so Arizona got a ton of rain from the remnants of Rosa, which was a hurricane in the eastern Pacific. Came up over Arizona, dumped all this rain. Well, I, I just have to read. I just got to read part of this. So <laughs> this guy, his name was Cooper Moore. He was 20 years old. 
He was cited under Arizona's stupid motorist law and slammed uh-huh. with four tickets. One of those was reckless driving. Another one was being on the wrong side of the road. So, so why was do? this? Why was this the weather fool? Right? Yeah. Yes. He decided to drive through barricades that were in place. And here, this was his quote. Uh, he well, he said he quickly realized that it was a mistake when the water reached halfway up his tires. Oh, he said, "I thought it was just more convenient going through this, and I didn't think I didn't see how powerful the water was at the time. Mm. And when I got to that point where my car is, I tried to go in reverse, but it stalled, and my engine just shut off, and I needed to get rescued. You know, it's not convenient. Nice. Dying is not convenient. Yeah. No <laughs> it's not convenient moving those things to get past it anyway. I've seen people do that. Like I was out, shoot, like watching some flood. The guy moved the barrels. I'm like, that's really? inconvenient too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've we, I, I, I'm out here in it. We've seen a lot of flooding here, even over the summer in Oklahoma, and we and we talk about it. And I'm, I'm convinced that. No amount of, of shaming or calling people out or even putting them live on the news. It just doesn't matter. People are going to do this kind of they stuff. They still do it. Yeah. yeah. That's what Weather Fools is for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Michael that's our contribution to our um, Weather Ready Nation uh, ambassador that we're a part of. That's, that's how we contribute yeah. is to teach people what not to do Yeah. Yeah. in bad situations. Yeah, it's – and – I mean, is there anything that's really worth it? I mean, I, I see these people, and they're just getting, even if they make it out. Okay, like, let's, let's just take the, the whole, like, personal safety thing out of it. Let's say you really you aren't at risk at drowning necessarily, but you've, you've trashed a vehicle, probably the second most expensive thing you, most people buy in their life next mm-hmm. to their house, and you're, you're just trashing it. Like, why? Just go around. Just wait. Wait till the flooding recedes. Whatever. I think people think, oh, I'm going to be late or I'm not, I'm, it's going to take too long. Everybody knows it's flooding. If your boss is that bad that they're going to give you a hard time for being late for work, then. He just wanted to prove it. Yeah. You know, hey, my car's floating. I'm going to be late. <laughs> I could get through that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, okay. That does happen a lot. I think you're right about that. Uh-huh. That. You know, if you'd our, like to go ahead, sorry. I say, as our T-shirt says, everyone, only you can prevent weather fools. That's yes. true. Very good. <laughs> and if you want to check out more of these, you can go to episode sixty-three show notes on Stormfront Free. Stormfront Free. You're right. It is tough. <laughs> <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the blooper reel, man. I totally Free. messed you all up. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to KOCO. All right, uh, Stormfrontfreaks.com, or you can also watch us on your podcast. Right, Phil. Uh, I don't know if you can watch right. us on the podcast, but you can view the uh, show notes a lot of times well, there you on your podcast app. You can so, view the link. Same thing. That's same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's visual. All right, so we're going to take our final break. Uh, we want you guys to stay right here for some bizarre stories in our Weathers Believe It or Not segment. Hey, all our friends in the Mid-Atlantic are finally getting an opportunity to attend their own ChaserCon. Don't miss the first ever Mid-Atlantic ChaserCon on October 27th at the Science Museum of Virginia in Richmond. 
Speakers include, among others, former guests Catherine Prosib of the NBC's Today Show and Ian Livingston of Capital Weather Gang. There will be no on-site registration. That's right, no on-site registration. So get your pre-sale tickets for only $25. Find more information and register now before seats fill at midatlanticchasercon.com. That's midatlanticchasercon.com. Let's catch up our lives In the hours till day Let's take a drive under the moon Okay, so you're clapping now. We'll see if you're still clapping in just a second. So you've heard of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Well, this is Weathers Believe It or Not. Interesting things that may or may not have happened. Phil, yeah. is yours something that did or didn't? Yeah, so, well, I, I, I think the idea is these are things that did happen. It's just hard to believe that they really did. But if Good. you are That's from like Texas, <laughs> if, if you're from Texas, you might be familiar with this story uh, and, and what happens. But they call it Satan's Storm. This happened back on June 15th in 1960. Ooh. So, Maz, you might have been around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, but the, so state and storm this was in now i i'm going to mispronounce the name of the town copperel copperel texas um and here's what happened and so they call it satan storm of course because it was freaking hot this was this was a strange crazy day so this is a tiny town in texas and they experienced this heat wave um that is really hard to believe because when they woke up in the morning um, these folks, they literally thought their house might be on fire and the world was ending. This was like a, an apocalyptic uh, situation. What happened was this, is in a matter of minutes, uh, this happened in the morning, in a matter of minutes, it went from 70 degrees outside to 140 degrees outside. There was a 70 degree change in the temperature. And again, we're talking in a matter of minutes. Um, they call this phenomenon a heat burst. When, when the descending air warms up and, and really rapidly due to this compression in the atmosphere. And the, the thunderstorm, it, it, it was an originated from a thunderstorm that created this heat burst. They called it Satan's Storm. Uh, winds got to about 75 miles an hour. It was taking the roof off of storms, knocking down trees. And then following this was this massive heat burst that literally cooked the corn on the stalks, uh, the corn stalks. And uh, people, people in the town said their thermometers literally exploded. Uh, this was back in 1960 when they didn't have digital thermometers. And uh, because it went from 70 degrees to 140 degrees in a matter of minutes. And I'll tell you what, I would, I would think that that's going to be a, an apocalyptic event yeah. for myself. Mm -hmm. Free right. popcorn. <laughs> yeah, it would true. pop right there. <laughs> nice. Man, you'd have to heat. How high up would that air have to start from? To go 70 that. degrees. Let's I'm trying to think of the static lapse rate and no, um, not 140. Forget it. Get out your slide rule. Is it one degree per thousand? Okay, you're thinking too anyway. hard because I can tell you're about to have an aneurysm. I, so yeah, thank you. Stop. Are you stop. coming okay. down the dry at <laughs> lapse rate or it happened? Look right. it up. Look it up, folks. Satan oh, storm. <clears throat> Look it up. It happened. Right, well, we're gonna go back in time for mine too. Mine is the locust plague. Of 1874. God, now, I wasn't around things. for yours, but I was around for this. They one. literally That's fly crazy. right at you. I think they I hate locusts. Ugh. Oh Ew. yeah, and, and I will. And I'll just on a side note too. Before I get into the story, when's the last time you saw a grasshopper? 
Uh, I've I've seen I've lately. Seen I've seen them, a yeah. few. Really? Oh yeah, they've been on the bike path. Because I grew up in Nebraska, where they were swarming all the time, and I just yeah. I'm not seeing a whole lot of them anymore. So I don't know. There was a dead one on my porch last night. <laughs> <laughs> it got well, hit that by bad, Should have let the media. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So imagine being a farmer in the American Midwest, summer of 1874, all kinds of stuff to worry about. It's a hot, dry July morning, and you see a black cloud approaching your farm. You're like, what is it? It's not smoke. Storm. It's a cloud of locusts. Ew. Now, imagine how many locusts do you think there would have to be for this to occur? Oh. I'm horrible at that. I, I I always miss oh. those games How where you got to count the M&Ms in a jar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, no, Do I get this. another lifeline? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They ate their way across the Midwest, cutting a swath 110 miles wide oh. and 1,800 what? miles long. What the? That's so disgusting. it's estimated 124 billion to 12 and a half trillion locusts. What? It's somewhere in there. You guys are making this up. (laughs) No. Anyway. So so that summer was really hot and dry, which apparently locusts love that because the prairie plants adapt to the drought conditions by building up a whole bunch of sugar and concentrations. And the locusts love that. So they eat, then they multiply, and then they eat some more, and you kind of get the picture, right? So it was so terrifying. (laughs) This is is actually documented by the Nebraska State Historical Society. Whole families starved to death as the hungry monsters caused a ridiculous amount of damage to the farming industry, they ate wooden tools, leather saddles, and even the clothing that you were still wearing. Ew! Chickens love that, because chickens started to devour the locusts, but this turned their eggs and their meat oily and just, like, nasty. And then, of course, you got dead bugs... Bug poop coated everything. It and looked like an And you can't even eat the slip. chickens. I know it, right? Do insects Ew. poop? Whoa. Really? Wow. Man, Man this Apparently. sounds like something straight out of the of Exodus, like Pharaoh. <laughs> yes. and, yeah. Like, yeah. I know it. it. Doesn't it sound biblical? No yeah, it does. How did they still Where's have the flood? I should have brought a flood one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I don't. I, I haven't heard of a locust you know, for a long, long time, a big swarm like that. But I had a, a, a roommate of mine who got his master's in that. And he was actually tracking. He got his master's in locusts. <laughs> in locusts, no. no. <laughs> in climatology. Sorry about that. And he would actually track the swarms over in Africa. So apparently they're still around. Well, they need to stay Locust in chasing. Hey, Michael, wow. there's the next they're, thing, hey, man. Hey, yeah. That's, yeah. Locust, Locust chasing, chasing, yeah. Bring your own chickens. Well, I guess, you know, I guess I'll have to find the uh, institution that's offering a master's yeah. in that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to wear an Iron Man suit just to go over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And if you don't believe us or not, you can check us out on episode 63, stormfrontfreaks.com. And you can check out the show notes there are also the link on the podcast. Link. That's so, right. Anyway. That's right. All right. So uh, th- those are good, good stories. All right. Yeah. So, uh, MJ, let's shoot it to you. What do we got for any listener comments, questions? All right. We got some comments. We got a question we're going to try to stump all of you with, oh, too, from one of okay. our uh, listeners. 50, 50. Uh, we'll, we'll start oh. off, though, with uh, Brolin McKay, who says, Hey, Phil, love the show. I'm working through from show number one to current. Wow. Thank What's you. What's he on? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> 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 uh, 
But he's can't get, he can't get through three. He like he stopped at halfway big through. Fan. Big fan, big fan. Right? <laughs> it's only like sixty-three hours or something, isn't it? Y'all are one of my favorite podcasts, and far and away the best weather podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, "Thanks for dumbing stuff down for non-Met chasers like myself." And I think dumbing things down is one of our forces. There you go. That's what makes us so great. <laughs> <It> comes natural. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so thank you, Brolin, for being a listener. Um, Bobby Stillwell is going to be really disappointed. He's he's going to make our show here a, a, a shout out, but he says, "Glad to hear the return of Brady last week." Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sorry. That's all right. That's all right, man. Brady disappoints us all the time too. So. <laughs> We're just gonna get a picture of a cat with a microphone. There you go. We'll put a cat poster up in his his slot. And he goes on and says, "Really hope the weather troll bot returns soon." It's no. coming. Another, it's coming back. That one. Yeah. It'll be back. That's all right. Tweaks. We spent one. a lot of money on that weather <laughs> yeah, troll bot. Five thousand. We can't. We can't not use it. And uh, then, uh, pe- uh, folks, the past guest, StormQuest Game, uh, they tweeted to us, and they tweeted us a, 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 a link to an interesting video about using drones for severe weather forecasting. It was a PBS video, and we can probably get that in on the show notes. And here's the question for all of you, and you guys are going to know the answer to this, or you're going to have an opinion on this anyway. Do you think they will replace Radiosons someday? Although I will say, I'll say this: I don't know if a drone can get that high for one. But yeah, but they will eventually. I maybe, bet. Maybe. Right? But the one thing is, like, you know, at least maybe you could fly it back to yourself. Weren't they doing some stuff with lasers? Where they were getting some kind of readings? No, uh, don't don't go, Phil. I don't know. Get my tinfoil hat on. Yeah, we got we got. Aliens, too. They were working with aliens from Mars to, to help us out with that, too. I don't know. What do you think, Michael? The thing about it, the thing about it is, on that deal, though, do you have a drone that's going to be able to go, I mean, what, 70,000, 80,000 feet or higher? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be. Because Air Force has got them, don't they? They're there now. Probably. But you I just, but, so, but, I mean, the, you're, you guys are thinking, you're, you're thinking the little four propeller yeah, little things, right? No, you got to think. Government, uh, you got to right. You got to yeah, think. Yeah, what, we'll, yeah, we'll post that video. Well, that is an interesting idea because you you might be able to like move them around rather than having to launch soundings from all over the place. You might yeah. just be able to take one drone and move it into different places. Exactly. So you might be right. I mean, yeah, maybe that's, how much that's is there, an interesting how much is idea. How much does a radio sound cost again? I don't know. It's not like, much. Um, I think not they're much. like seven. under a hundred bucks. No, it's like I, 30, I it's about two hundred. Yeah. Really? No. Two hundred bucks? Uh, well, well, well like yeah. Oh, that's whole, right. We're talking government money. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> two hundred. <laughs> the real cost is hammer. yeah, thirty bucks. But the government, yeah, will pay two hundred. Yeah. I want that freaking contract, by the yeah, way. That okay. government. I want any government contract for that regard. But yeah, no. I we talked about that at one point when we were talking about uh, drones on one of our episodes, and I know we discussed uh, being able to use drones for that purpose. Cause you can fly them back. You can bring them right back to you mm-hmm. instead of hoping someone finds it in their cornfield and returns mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a deal, but that's a good question. All right. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Yeah. Thanks but nobody for, hacks a radio sign, right? Mm-hmm. What? Nobody, nobody hacks a radio <laughs> sign. You can hack <laughs> a drone. I've heard. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. All right. See? Uh-huh. 
All right. Anyway, well, hey, on that note, I think that just about does it for oh, this boy. episode of Stormfront Freaks <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, we want to thank everybody for listening and watching. But before I reveal the next guest that we're going to have on, if you enjoy our show, do us a favor. Leave a great review on your podcast app for us. And don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. It works just like a magazine or newspaper subscription. All it does is make sure you get the latest episode delivered right to your podcast inbox uh, to be able to listen to it the moment that we release it. So I do want to say a hey, special thanks to our guest, Michael Armstrong. Thank you for joining Woo! us tonight. Yes, way to go. Thank you, Michael. Good job. Yeah, hey, you, you were, guys uh, are welcome. It was a blast. Great. Thank you. And, and, you know, what's great is, is you got the, the, last, the last one on our uh, lightning round. You got the last one right. No one will yeah. forget that you were 0 for 5 at the beginning of it. So, no, that's, so. And, that and until you said that. And I want everybody to know our next episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording on October 18th with Zoom Radar creator Jeff Birardelli. Uh, if you'd like to watch that recording live at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, just go ahead and check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. I love his uh, chocolate, by the way. It's really good. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, and, and here's the thing. Uh, I will let everybody know, if, if you are into climate change, that is one area that for 63 episodes we have avoided. <laughs> uh, Jeff has actually left. He used to be a TV meteorologist down in Florida. He's left to go uh, back to school, I think, up in New York uh, to, to study more on climate and climate change. And so we might actually get a little bit into that discussion on, on climate change a little bit uh, on the next episode. So uh, for MJ, for Maz, for uh, Dina, I was about to say Brady again, uh, but he's not with us. So MJ, Maz, Dina, and for Michael, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to signal the all clear. We'll look forward to catching you all next time. Good night, everybody. Bye, good night. Good night. All right. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.